Hey everybody, welcome again to the Tradescast. It's a podcast dedicated to everything in the world of entertainment for your enjoyment. My name is Jeff Fav. And I'm Tom Moss, and this is the Tradescast for the week of June 4th, 2017. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing great. Hey, before we get started, you know, this is jo- this is Tom's moonlighting job, the Tradescast, but now <laughs> he's got, I, I, I don't know what we're going to call it, a late night moonlighting job um, right. with another uh, podcast, Indivisible Chicago Podcast. Uh, Tom, um, you're, you're, are you spreading yourself too thin? I'm getting a little worried for you. <laughs> well, Jeff, I just I, I'm 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 glad you brought this up, but I'm I'm sorry that you had to learn this way that I'm seeing another podcast. <laughs> you know what? I I still feel equal love. That's the important okay. thing. Um, you know, listen, I'm poly polyamorous with my podcasting. That's right. Look, there are a couple things that are dominating people's lives right now, and that is how the political landscape is affecting people. Um, but also how your daily life is affected by what's going on in entertainment. There's two great podcasts for that. You just happen to be on both, so that's great. There you go. So, okay, um, fair feel, enough. Feel free to subscribe to both. We promise Tom won't waste your time. So uh, speaking of which, let's get right down to it, Tom. Um, I, I want to compare two two stories that have happened in the past week um, and outcomes that appear to be different. One is Kathy Griffin takes these pictures and they go viral very fast of her holding a you know the the pretend severed Donald Trump head. The other one is Bill Maher uh, uses a racial slur. Uh, Kathy Griffin, everyone said CNN is going to fire her from her uh, gig doing the um, you know New Year's Eve and this is going to impact her and she's going to lose sponsors and sure enough all that happened even though she apologized in a, what I would consider to be sounding at least sincere way the kind of apology that Americans tend to like uh, Bill Maher gets just raked over the coals online by people for using the n-word I think by the way his joke was besides racist uh, was completely unfunny. It was just bad. It was the whole thing was bad. It was tasteless and bad, in my opinion. Um, however, I I said immediately, I don't think HBO will fire him, and they appear not to be firing him. They appear to just be. Um, they have criticized him, and uh, said that basically they're pulling that content away. Obviously, it's easy to find, but they are officially pulling it out. Are you surprised at how different the responses are to these two things? No, because it's a different uh, different situation in in both. I mean, the things that are in common is that it is uh, tasteless, it is offensive, it is politically incorrect. Uh, in both cases, uh, the affronted um, party, it, though, is extremely different. So, um, I think with uh, with Kathy Griffin um, being such an icon of the uh, of the left. Uh, and maybe even of the uh, uh, gay icon on the left. Uh, I think she was, ha, was in, and has been a target for a long time. Uh, I think when you start making um, jokes about killing the president, then uh, I don't care who the president is, that has to be taken seriously. So there's that. I mean, and, and it was you know clearly a, a, a meant as satire and a joke. I don't think anyone believes that she intended to kill the president. Uh, and yet, um, you know, she has an audience and audiences do strange things. So it needs to be taken seriously. Um, Bill, Bill Maher, on the other hand, I mean, this is um, uh, also not a, a new affront uh, to, um, to African-Americans. It's 
certainly not new. Uh, and I think, uh, I think that, that, uh, that issue is just, this, it's not something, I mean, the, the, the N word is symbolic of, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, un- unspeakable, uh, oppression that, uh, you know, I, I, we don't need to go into here. Um, but it's not nothing. It's not simply, uh, being, um, overly sensitive. I think anybody that makes art, that argument just does not understand the situation. So on top of not being funny, it is, um, it is just, uh, it's, it's culturally, uh, inappropriate. Right, but uh, were you he... surprised? Were you surprised in that HBO, maybe HBO could survive without Bill Maher, although he does bring also Vice, um, they could keep Vice, but are you surprised? They could have said, your show's done, we're done with you. Yeah, they could have. I think they could have done that several times in the past. Uh, should they have? Maybe. It's a tough one because um, Bill Maher did apologize, and, and unlike Kathy Griffin's, he's is live. He's live, and um, you are more apt to say something that you're going to regret later if you're doing something live. Um, again, I don't know where his brain was with this. Um, you know, uh, I just don't know where where his head was on this. It, it was just so. Uh, it was so wrong in so many ways. I cannot figure it out. Um, the Kathy Griffin one is interesting because this won't, her major source of income is touring. And I don't think this will affect her touring one bit. I think that she will still draw the same crowds that she's always uh, drawn. I could be wrong on that, but I assume that's what's going to happen. But I have always said this. You don't have to like Donald Trump. And, and obviously lots of people don't. But it, it you know, this is, I was always flabbergasted when Ted Nugent and some of these other people didn't get the same kind of comeuppance that they probably should have gotten that Kathy Griffin got when you basically are threatening the life of the president. That is not something that we have ever thought was acceptable, I don't think, right, as people in America? No, that's right. And I think if Ted, Ted Nugent had had a, um, a uh, national role on a, on a network show, um, he probably would have lost it. So I think it's a little bit different situation with him. I guess so, and also, who really cares about Ted Nugent? I mean, even people on the even people on the right, I think I think secretly people on the right think really are the only non-country stars we have who are music people: Meatloaf and Ted Nugent. I think that's all they ever and think. Ki- of. <laughs> and Kid Rock, don't forget Kid Rock. And Kid Rock. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm sure they, I'm sure they're just thinking, please, could we just get someone a little more skilled? Um, uh, speaking of which. Um, Lawrence O'Donnell, this is probably not a huge news story for a lot of people because they didn't talk about it a ton. But for a second there, it looked like Lawrence O'Donnell might be leaving MSNBC. And I was surprised by this because, one, I don't exactly know where he would go. And two, MSNBC, for the first time in a while, is kind of really rolling the last year or so. And they have this this lineup of four shows. They've done a lot of tweaking, but they have these four shows in a row that do well in the ratings, and he's kind of the the capper to that. If you don't count Brian Williams' show at the end, uh, and I thought, why is they why are they messing with this? But sure enough, um, they did sign a contract. Um, were you surprised it took this long, or do you think he was just playing hardball? I think he was just playing hardball, uh, and not hardball with Chris Matthews, but just hardball uh, in general. <laughs> that was good. Uh, thanks. Um, no, I, uh, I'm not surprised. I mean, we've seen these negotiations go up to the final minute. Um, I mean, and surely if he had left MSNBC, he would have been welcomed onto the Bill O'Reilly podcast network, don't you think? 
<laughs> well, I, I like Lawrence O'Donnell, but um, uh, he's not somebody that I, I basically try to make sure I see every day. But uh, I was surprised by this, and I, you know, I, I thought MSNBC might say, "Hey, we don't need you," and and I'm wondering if it came down to that, or if they just always knew they were going to sign him. But um, MSNBC, we're going to have to watch the ratings. Um, maybe this is just going to be how it is for as long as Trump is president, and, and then they'll switch back to Fox surging more again. We'll just have to see if it always goes that way with the party not in power, the the TV station that their network that seems to support the underdog uh, is the one making um, making the ratings. Speaking of which, do you, go do ahead. You think, do you think the, Do you think that um, not having Roger Ailes at the helm of Fox News is going to hurt it long term? It's a really good question, but I think he set enough of a blueprint that people will follow mostly what he set up. Um, if they make radical changes, then they could be in for some growing pains. Um, and, and speaking of growing pains in some of these ratings, I don't think anyone in the world could have ever said that, at least in even in overall viewership, not talking about 18 to 49-year-olds for the second, that Stephen Colbert would ever beat out Jimmy Fallon. I mean, we we thought a year, year and a half ago, um, you know, that the Colbert experiment was just going to be a quick fail and they might pull the plug. Maybe he would just be gone, but certainly he would never get more viewers. How surprised are you by this? I am not surprised at all. I have been a Stephen Colbert fan since Strangers with Candy. And that's going back just a, a couple of years. Um He's he's uh, infinitely more talented and more um, uh, has more depth and breadth than Jimmy Fallon. So I'm not surprised at all. I think it takes takes a, putting together a late night show, putting together any show, putting together a podcast. Jeff um, is a lot of work. So um, and and really hard to do and hard to get right. Um, I think they found their niche with uh, with Trump. I don't think that's sustainable um, long term, certainly. But I think if people check in for that right now and then find out that they like him more generally. I think he's got a, a shot at uh, retaining those um, those ratings. Uh, Jimmy Fallon, I think, is also not sustainable. I think that shtick gets old really quick, and I think his audience is probably going to mature at some point. You might be right. Um, the number that doesn't show up in the headlines but shows up later in the stories when you read about this is that um, – He's he's got forty percent more viewers, Jimmy Fallon, in the eighteen to forty nine group than Stephen Colbert, and I'm going to disagree with you. I think that because Jimmy Fallon has such a skill at attracting a mainstream audience, that I think that in the long run, we look at these numbers five years from now. I'm not sure that Colbert can um, can sustain this, and I do think. Uh, Jimmy Fallon can, but this is fun. I like it when we disagree because we're just going to have to watch these numbers um, as they go along. What's most interesting to me also is that um, Jimmy Kimmel's numbers, while he is uh, a third and, and maybe a little bit of a distant third, his numbers stay very consistent. And I think ABC is plenty happy with that. The fact that he doesn't ride a roller coaster. He's got a really loyal following um, and is well-respected. So um, we're going to have to watch that. But um, CBS... Uh, speaking of CBS, made an interesting move. Leah Remini, who's made a lot of press um, in the last year or so, um, talking about Scientology, 
um, showed up on Kevin James' show, and the ratings went up. And so now she's going to be a regular on this Kevin Can Wait show. Now, I don't watch Kevin Can Wait because uh, every time I accidentally see uh, Kevin James, I get upset, so I try to avoid that. There's no <laughs> there's no blockage for that on my V-chip, but I, I really would like there to be. But I do really like Leah Remini. Now, here's what surprised me, um, Tom, and I'd like your opinion on this. Did yes. you did you think that the Scientology stuff would any way negatively impact her, that CBS might not do this? Or does it show that Scientology is just in that much trouble now that it, it, it has no impact whatsoever on on bringing her to mainstream TV again. Well, if we believe what we learned in the Scientology documentary, and I can't now remember the title of the the most recent one that was so good, um, the Scientology gets its way historically by bullying and intimidating people that leave the church. Um, so uh, I think if you're asking if that is um, is is no longer the the case, or at least. Uh, uh, not in this case. I think as long as there is uh, a profit to be made, then the intimidation, any potential intimidation, is worth withstanding. I think that's probably the situation here. I can't imagine that there isn't some effort to um, uh, to to, uh, to to block this. If not block it, then to to slow it down. Um, but I think if if CBS can find a way to make it work, they will. Well, uh, by the way, the name of her show is Scientology and the Aftermath, and I watched every single episode, and it is getting uh, renewed um, for a second season. So she'll be doing both basically at the same time, so it's going to be fascinating. Um, I think it has helped her um, her reputation in many ways, and um, if it helps their show, you are correct. I think they will be um, – uh, they're all for it. That's all they care about is the ratings. Um, you know, I was curious uh, – Wonder Woman, uh, obviously was a huge hit, critically a hit as well. Neither of those things surprises me at all. Um, but here was the number that surprised me. I know a lot of women were going to go see Wonder Woman, but there were more women, according to the polls, the exit polls, <laughs> more <laughs> women who saw, um, Wonder Woman this opening weekend than men. Um, and normally superhero movies run way more than 60% men. To women, are you surprised? I know a lot of women wanted to see Wonder Woman, but at the end of the day, it's still a superhero comic book movie. Uh, I don't know the comic book world well. I mean, I know that it's predominantly male, but I also know there's um, more and more women that are being attracted to it, uh, and I think there's also women that um, uh, have not been part of the comic book world uh, that are are likely to go see this. So, no, I'm not surprised. I think it's a I think it's a great thing. I think it's probably a thing too that um, um, that uh, parents and, and and mothers maybe in particular will want to take their little girls to. I, I think it's really exciting, and anytime we see a market that hasn't been fully um, uh, integrated, like uh, more women and young girls coming to superhero movies, I think it's great. Um, especially a movie that appears to be getting such good reviews. So we'll see if the numbers hold like this, um, but I think it's fantastic, and I think it bodes well. And besides that, it's also directed by a woman, and um, uh, you know, not counting for adjusted inflation, it's the top-grossing uh, movie weekend um, for a woman director, which is fantastic. So um, I wanted to talk briefly about uh, Pink Slime. I was glad you pointed out this story to me earlier because it's a story that's not really getting enough attention, but it's a massive lawsuit against ABC 
for basically for using the term pink slime <laughs> and, and hurting the quote beef industry. Um, I guess I shouldn't put that in quotes, but you know, quote hurting the beef industry. Um, and this, I, I, the reason a lot of people are interested in this story and the reason I am, and I think you are as well is that it goes a lot toward whether or not news is respected and if it's just being put up as the um, as the enemy, as some as the easy target, it used to be that news was so powerful you could never target in this way. And here, ABC could end up ABC News could end up losing billions of dollars. Does this uh, lawsuit surprise you? And do you think they will lose? Uh, it does surprise me, and I think they very well might lose. Um, and I would probably put it edging towards uh, towards uh, likely that they'll they'll lose. Uh, I think this is something we need to really keep an eye on and be very concerned about. I mean, let's be clear: ABC made some mistakes with this, this, with their reporting and um, and calling this product pink slime and uh, inedible and uh, implying that it was unsafe was uh, a mistake. Was it a mistake worth billions and billions of dollars? I don't know. Um, but this is the first shot across the bow of uh, suing news report news news organizations for reporting i don't think it will be the last i think um trump has made it clear that he wants to go after the news uh, business and i think he will cheer if uh, indeed this case goes against abc well we'll be watching it it's it's supposed to go 2 months it's a long trial so we'll see how um how it turns out, I think they will lose as well. I don't know if they'll lose anywhere near the amount of money that people are talking about. That's usually what happens in these cases. It sounds like it's going to be a lot, and then it ends up not being um, so much. Um, so we'll watch that one. Hey, Tom, I thought we'd finish with net neutrality. It's an issue that is always near and dear to us. Um, yeah. We've been talking about how uh, it looked like in the hands of Trump and his pick for uh, FCC chair that this would be, his name's Ajit Pai, by the way, um, uh, that the net neutrality rules would be rolled back. Um, there's supposed to be a time of discussion, but it looks like it's already happening. It's a complicated issue. I think it's much more complicated than most people think it is. I'm certainly on the side of net neutrality. Um, however, Google, which was very strongly a proponent for net neutrality, seems to be backing away um, do you think we are seeing the end of this? And do you think once it ends, regardless of who's president in four or eight years, um, that it can't be un undone, so to speak? <laughs> yes, we are seeing the end of net neutrality. It is over. Not only Google, but Netflix is throwing in the towel. Uh, the, the gatekeepers, uh, I mean, the, the, the whole idea of net neutrality is that there would be no preferred players on the Internet. That that will no longer be the case. This FCC will see to it. And Jeff, once that genie is out of the bottle, it will not, will not go back in. So I don't see, um, you know, a president Keith Ellison or a president, um, you know, name, <laughs> name your, name your favorite Democrat will ever be able to roll this back, uh, once the corporations, um, start acting on it. And, and of course, of course they will. So um, this is bad. You know, it is certainly bad. I don't think anyone should be surprised. But, um, you know, unless something very surprising happens, I don't see a way a way out. I guess not. You know, when I talk about net neutrality with my students, um, I'll say, hey, 
um, I'll explain it to them and they'll say, yeah, that sounds good. And then I'll say, well, how much of your time do you watch Netflix or Hulu or and I name the major ones? And they'll say almost all my time. And I'll say, so is it really going to matter to you? And then they're like, well, I don't know. And I said, listen, it's very complicated and maybe it will help the, the places that provide the most content for you. But at what cost will your cost go up? And does this mean there won't be another Netflix in the future who can't get its way into uh, the mainstream? So, um, we won't know what opportunities are missed. Uh, you know, we didn't really talk about this, Tom, but um, for a while there, it looked like Google might be working on these plans with Google Fiber to have basically free Internet everywhere, and they have slowly walked away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I always thought that, you know, free Internet, free Wi-Fi everywhere in the country would, would just completely change the game. But I, I guess it's not going to happen, is it? I mean, it's just too powerful. Um, these companies are too powerful to ever have that happen, aren't they? I think so. I mean, I think if we were a, a socialist state or had any sort of inclination towards moving that way, then you might hear more about free utilities. Uh, and and uh, the whole thought of the Internet being a utility is now, I think, defunct anyway. So, um, no, I don't I don't see that in our future anytime soon. No, I guess I guess not. Um, but we are going to watch what uh, impact this has. And of course, it's not a done deal yet. I know it feels like it's a done deal, but, um, there's a lot of people on both sides of the aisle that are, um, for net neutrality. And so let's just, let's just let it play out and see what happens. But there's a lot of craziness going on, which is another reason you should be listening to Tom's other podcast, uh, <laughs> Indivisible Chicago podcast. Definitely listen to that as well. In a couple of weeks, Tom and I will be back. We'll be looking at some of the summer movies. Can the movie industry recover? We'll be looking at some of the uh, TV shows that are on the summer slate, seeing how they're doing, and everything else in the world of entertainment for your enjoyment. So for Tom, I'm Jeff. Have a great day. <laughs>